welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. You can go to Luke chapter 2. And we are going to share just for a few moments around Luke chapter 2. And uh, at the end of this service, in just a few moments, we are going to have one of my favorite things all year, which is candlelit carols. And we'll be doing that together. So hopefully everybody's got a candle. Hopefully online, if you're joining us, you can find a candle in your home. I know the age of essential oils and diffusers, people got rid of their candles, so you can... Throw some frankincense in that diffuser and get biblical with it. It'll be great. (laughs) Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town, And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And when she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away, From them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered, at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard as it had been told them. As we've been talking in this Christmas season at all of our weekend services, we first talked and shared messages around this Christmas, we will have peace. The next week we shared that we will stop and worship. We will not get caught up in the busyness of life, but we will stop and we will worship. Pastor Kirk preached a message that we will proclaim the good news, that we will proclaim salvation has come. And in this service, our Christmas Eve services, this Christmas, we will see 
Jesus. This Christmas, we will see Jesus. One of my favorite things growing up uh, around the Christmas season was seeing who had the best nativity scene. There's the, there's the classic yard scene. Joseph has a pink robe on. Mary, a blue vest of sorts. And there's baby Jesus and they're lit beautifully. I, 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 we had that, we had that at our house. We also had the precious moments that went really well with our snow village. The precious moments nativity scene. Anybody have a precious moments nativity scene? <clears throat> Apparently I'm the only one that dabbled in the precious moments nativity scenes. I remember one year, one of my nephews received a little tykes nativity scene for Christmas. That's, I'm going to be honest, it's kind of a rough gift to receive a nativity scene as a child. <laughs> my favorite nativity scene that I ever saw was one that my grandparents had, and it, it was the size of their coffee table. I think it was meant to be outside, but they kept it inside. And it looked like a mock-up for the set of The Chosen. It was ornate, huge, great construction. And my cousins and I, when we would go to my grandparents' place, would play a game called Try to Find Jesus. And we, one of us would take Jesus and would hide baby Jesus somewhere in the manger scene, somewhere in the nativity set. And we would take time, we would be looking, and sometimes he'd be like up in the rafters, sometimes he'd be underneath the donkey, sometimes he'd be covered in hay. Yes, this nativity scene had real hay. And sometimes he'd be hiding, and we'd find him, and we'd laugh, and we'd have a good time. And the reason I bring this up is because sometimes in our life today, in the world that we live in, it kind of feels like we're playing hide and seek with Jesus, that there are so many things happening in our world that if we're not careful, Jesus will be covered up by the things we have to do, the stresses of our life, the things that are worrying us, our family details and dynamics around the Christmas season. And Jesus will be covered up, not because he's hiding, but because we have allowed everything else to become priority. We are living in a time and a culture that if we are not careful and intentional, we will go through our lives going to church, even in a Christmas Eve setting just like this, and we will miss Jesus altogether. But this Christmas, we will see Jesus. And in order to see Jesus, we must do some things. And the first thing is this, we must live our life with our eyes open. We need to live our life with our eyes open. Seven different times in Luke chapter two, in those 20 verses, sight language is used, that you will see this. Something will be shown to you. It's going to look like this. Sight is important. It matters what you see. It matters what you're looking for and looking at. The shepherds were watching their sheep, but God was watching them. And God made himself known and revealed himself to the shepherds. And God is revealing himself to us every single day. And I think too often we get stuck looking with our physical eyes at the physical things in our physical life rather than allowing our spiritual eyes to be opened up to see all that God is really doing. What's the first thing that we look at when we wake up? Is it our phone? 
We're checking emails. We're looking at our calendar for the day, checking Instagram, how many people liked that post that you posted the night before? Or are you waking up fixing your eyes on Jesus and allowing him to align your life with his ways? Three different times in that passage, we are told that Jesus will be born in a manger. Every baby was wrapped in swaddling cloths, but this baby was going to be born and laid in a manger. And I believe that God wants us to be looking for the uh, unfamiliar around the familiar. God wants us to be searching for what is uncommon around what is common, to be looking for the supernatural around the natural things. Matthew 6, says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. When we see Jesus, we will also see that we get in on this. We get in on this. This is good news with great joy, the angel says. It's good news with great joy. And we get to be a part of it. It's amazing that the shepherds are included in this Christmas story because the shepherds are the least likely people to be included in the reveal of the Messiah to the world. They were physically unclean, physically untrusted, and spiritually, ceremonially, they were also unclean, untrusted. People did not want to be around them. And it reminds us a lot of ourselves. God did not reveal himself just to the spiritually elite or people that had it all put together, but he's revealing himself to me, somebody who doesn't know everything, somebody who doesn't have it all together. We get in on this. This is the good news with great joy. We get in on this. And if we get in on this, I think it's important that the things that we do see, that we share what we see. You know, there's the thing that you see at the airport, that sign that says, if you see something, say something. I think the same should be true in our walk with Jesus. That if you see something, you've got to say something. If God's done something for you, how can we not share it with other people? Is it good news with great joy or is it not? We need to share what we have seen. And that's exactly what the shepherds did. The shepherds went and shared, and not only did they, did they go and share that a Messiah had been born, that, that this actually happened, but they shared with Mary the things that the angel had told them. I believe that in this new season, in this new year, God is not only going to show you things, but he wants you to say the things that he's showing to you because he wants to use you to bring life, to bring lift, to bring encouragement, to bring good news and great joy to your friends, your neighbors, and your family. It's good news. It's good news. And if it's good news, we need to share it. The gospel, the definition of the gospel is good news. And if it is good news, it needs to be shared. If it's not If it's not shared, it's not good news. That's the whole point of news. I love what Martin Lloyd-Jones said. He said, we need to gospel the gospel. We need to share the good news. We need to let people know that Jesus is alive and well and has a plan and purpose for their life beyond Christmas season, beyond showing up to a service, beyond lighting a candle. He has more for you, good news and great joy for your family this Christmas.
Luke tells us that the time had come for Mary to give birth, for Jesus to be born. And there's a significant parallel with the birth of Jesus and our lives spiritually. The time had come for Jesus to be born. John 3, 3 says this. Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The time had come for Jesus to be born. And I believe right now the time has come for some of us to be reborn, to be born again, to say, Jesus, I'm not going to allow this thing just to be a Christmas thing, but allow you to do in my life what you came to this earth to do.